Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Story of Jesus, his disciples, and this amazing story. He said, One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? Talking about Jesus. That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately... As everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Such a good story, isn't it? I want to title today's message, Bring Them In. Bring Them In. Have you ever had those moments in your life where you knew you needed to grow up a little bit? Anybody had these moments in their life? Come on, if you're married, you've realized, guys, there's moments in your life where it's like, I need, or, or wives know this, maybe you haven't caught on yet. Wives, how many of you know they need to grow up a little bit? Say amen. They need to grow. We, we all come to these moments in our life where we have to grow up, where we realize that we can't think the way that we used to think. We can't act the way that we used to act. We can't really even be the, the same person that we used to be. You know, in, in, uh, in my generation and younger, we, we have a slogan for this. We call it adulting. Anybody ever heard the term adulting? Hashtag adulting. Hashtag adulting, right? And, 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 and I'm sorry. I just want to apologize for my whole generation and lower. I'm sorry that that's even a, a phrase, right? I mean, because it's just, it's dumb, all right? It's dumb, right? Like, but that's, that's how they describe, that's how they describe, like, growing up. Like, they buy a new house, adulting, just got married, adulting, just got a job, adulting. No, you're just doing what you have to do. Get a job, all right? You know what I mean? Like, adulting. So, and I just got to say this, it, it, and, I, and I'm not hating on, on you if you've ever done this. Actually, I am a little bit. But the fact that you use the term adulting says everything. You know what I mean? Like, if you use adulting, we just realize you got a long way to go. You know what I'm saying? That's all right, though. God, God's grace is sufficient, you know. But I remember I had one of these moments. I had one of these moments where I knew I needed to grow up. Me and my wife, we were newly married, and we were living in this little one-bedroom apartment in Canyon, Texas. And it was, uh, it was one of those summer nights when this, uh, a huge storm was rolling in. And um, it, it, the possible tornadoes, it was going to get crazy. And, and I, and just so you know this about me, like, I grew up watching the movie Twister. Come on, somebody. And, and, and yeah, right? And I know it may be a bad movie, but it's top five in my book. You know what I'm saying? Because I had a crush on Helen Hunt. Don't judge me, but 
And I like, tor- and so th- th- this, this movie, like, it made me love storms and love tornadoes. And I always, like, wanted to be, like, a tornado chaser, right? So I became a pastor. I don't know. I don't, um, I don't know. And, and so, but I always wanted to do this. So this, this night, my, my friends know this. And uh, there's a storm about, I don't know, 15 miles east of town. And all of a sudden, I get a knock on the door. I open it up. It's one of my good friends. He walks in. He's like, hey, dude, there's a storm. It's, like, 15 miles east. It may drop a tornado. Let's go chase it, all right? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> Heck yeah, let's go chase this thing. Like, for real? He's like, yeah, man. I think we can get, like, right behind it, and, like, we're good. We don't know anything. that we're, All we've done for scientifically and, like, in education, we've watched Twister. That's it. He's like, come on, man, we, we, we got this. I'm like, we got this. Let's do this. I, I start to go change, and, and it's this one little bedroom apartment, and, and, uh, and, and my wife is, is right there, and I'm getting all hyped, and he's getting hyped. I'm like, yeah, we're going to go do this thing. And all of a sudden, it came to a screeching halt because God, also known as my wife, spoke. <laughs> and it was one of these grow-up moments, and I will never, I'll never forget what she said. Because she said so much in just such, such a short phrase. I'm all hype. We're all ready. We're chest bumping. We're ready to go. And she goes, you can't just think about yourself anymore. And it was one of those moments where, like, you're in the room and it's like, uh, all right, man, you should probably go. <laughs> you can go ahead. and I'm going to open the door. We're going to talk for a little bit. Um, she said, you can't just think about yourself anymore. And it was, like a, it was like all of a sudden she said so much in just such a short phrase. It was like, oh, I realize, like, like, I'm not just responsible for myself anymore. I'm married. I have a family. I have a wife to take care of. I can't just be crazy and, and single and uh, when I'm single just, like, go and do whatever I want to do and be dangerous. No, I, I have more to think about. I have people to take care of. I have a future to take care of. And it was like in a moment I realized, It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. Can I just say that as Christians, as followers of Jesus, you can't just think about yourself anymore. For those of you who have been on this journey for a long time, for years, and you've been following Jesus and you've been pursuing him, you probably know this already, but the truth is you can't just think about yourself anymore. It's different. It's different than when you first got saved. Because when you first got saved, it was like you were single. You know what I mean? It was like, it's me and Jesus, and you're pursuing him and, and going after him, and it's all about you and him and what he's saying to you, and, and, and you're on fire, and that's great, and it should be like that. It should always be like that. But there comes a time when you mature in your relationship with God that you finally realize, I'm not just responsible for me. I have a family, look around. I have a family that I'm a part of. I have a family that I'm responsible for. Not only responsible in in relationship with the people in this body and in this family, but I'm also responsible for the people who aren't yet in the family. Hear me today. You aren't just saved by God. You are commissioned by him also said, you weren't just saved by God. You were also commissioned by him. 
In other words, he puts you on this earth, and he has a mission for you, and that is to spread the gospel. It is to spread the good news. It is to take the goodness of God that you get here and take it out of these four walls and take it to the people who really need it. Can you eat it up? Can you celebrate? Can you have fun in church and get all of God that you want? Absolutely. Please do that. Continue to do that. But can can I just say, take that and take it out. It's not all about you and him. Sorry, that came out harsher than I wanted it to. But it's the truth. It's not all about you and him. This is why he said, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then what did he say? Now go and love your neighbor as you love yourself. With God, there is always a commission. There's always a mission with him. I know in our church, this is what God has been doing. He's been doing some very, he's almost been like surgically coming in and and taking out things that need to be out of our life. Can anybody testify to that over the last, like, couple months? Like, it's been introspection, right? Just, like, diving in for you, looking into yourself and being like, okay, I need, to, I need to deal with that. I need to get rid of that. I need to get free from that. And it's not about condemnation. It's not about judgment. It's just about being transparent and truthful where we're at. And Like, you know what, God, I'm going to come up. I'm going to mature right there. But I felt like today God simply wanted to come to us as a church family, as spiritual family, as we've been talking about that, and come and say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. Keep pursuing me. Keep keep coming after miracles. Keep loving the presence of God. Absolutely, it's where it all starts. But he wanted to grab our attention and almost, almost just give us a little yank of the chain and be like, hey, don't forget others. Hey, don't forget the people outside these walls. Hey, don't forget, there's people actually out there that do not know Jesus. They don't even know him. And truth be told, it, it, they are actually, they're, they're going to go to hell. And that's, that's scary. That's not anything that I even, I don't even like to say that. I don't even like to preach it, except the fact that it's in there. It's in the Word, not in the iPad. In the Word. I used to have my Bible right there. But it's in there. And there is, there is a seriousness to our Christian walk. And it's not about being serious about getting it all right. It's not about being serious about never messing up and never sinning. No, no, no. That's not what you should be serious about. You should be serious about taking people along the same journey that you're on. That we actually are reaching out. Here in a week, we have, we have Easter And we're going to come together. We're going to get family together. And we're going to celebrate the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And we're going to have a great time. But can I just tell you, Easter wasn't created so you could just have a really, really fun family Sunday. Is it meant for you to come and celebrate? You better come and celebrate. You better be happy, crying tears of joy and and, and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Absolutely. But it's also meant to inspire us to take what we get and take it to the people who don't have it yet. He did not just die and, and, and rise again so that we could have a really happy life and a good life. No, it is that and more. It's to take the grace of God and take it out to the people who really, really need it. Can I just tell you this? You know what I love about the grace of God? It says that you're forgiven. It says that you're righteous. It says that you're holy, that you're made pure in him. And you want to know why he's done that? 
You want to know why he's made it so easy for you to come boldly into the throne room of our gracious God? Because he wanted you to get your mind off yourself so you could actually focus on others. Under the law, under the old way of living, you know what you had to do? You had to work 24-7 about and, and get yourself right. You better get yourself right. Before you, before you step into church, you better get yourself right or you will burn right up. Come on, some of y'all still think that. I'm going to lie. I've even had people tell me, yeah, I haven't been to church in a while. I'd light on fire if I went in there. I'm like, where, where is that theology? Like, I don't, well, come on, I'll, I'll show you some fire. I said, I'll show you some fire. They need to be in this little worship experience we just had. Mm-hmm. Don't make me start preaching. We're called to go out. I simply wanted to share this story with you about these men that went out and grabbed their friend and brought them to Jesus because I think more than anything else, it captures the heart that we should have for other people. I love this story because it was actually, and my my son's actually in this service, but when he was four or five years old, he was the one that actually taught me what this story really meant. I remember I read this story to, to him for the first time, and it's like, yeah, and the, the, the guys, they went and got this paralyzed man. They, you know, they brought him on a mat, and they couldn't get in, so they climbed up on a roof, and they lowered him down to Jesus, and, and he got healed, and he walked away. And I've always heard the story and be like, man, Jesus is awesome. He just, like, told all the Pharisees and all the religious people, like, man, check this out. Stand up, walk, take your mat. And you know what my, my four-year-old, five-year-old son said when I read the story? He said, wow, those are some good friends. And in a moment, I was like, I never never even saw it that way. The story is about a lot of things. But can we just draw our attention to the friends for a second? The friends that were willing to go out and get their, their paralyzed friend who needed a miracle, and they drug him to the meeting, they drug him to church, and they, and they faced an obstacle. They couldn't get in. The crowd was too big. They couldn't get close, but they didn't let it stop them. So they climbed up on the roof, and somehow they got him up there. And then they took out a tile from the, from the roof, and I didn't even know they had tiles back then, but apparently they had tiles, and they, they, took, and they, they made an opening, and they lowered their friend in, down, just to get near Jesus, just so that he could have the chance to be healed. You know, there's something really interesting about this story. If you look in verse 17 as it starts out, it says, Oh, it happened on a certain day, Jesus was teaching, and there were religious people all around. But then it makes this statement, never seen it before until this week. It says this, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Notice this. Notice a man wrote about this incident. All right, so, so in other words, there was something that happened when Jesus was there that told him, wow, the presence of the Lord to heal is actually here. And here's what I believe actually happened. It doesn't say it here, but I actually think the two men were in the meeting. I actually think they were there listening to Jesus. They were listening to him teach 
everyone there. There was a crowd and they were amongst them. But all of a sudden, something happened and they noticed in the atmosphere, oh my gosh, the presence to heal is here. And you know what they did? They thought about their friend and they said, hey, let's go get so-and-so. And they ran out and they found him and they, and they said, I, I've got to go out and I've got to bring my friend in because his miracle is waiting back over here. You know what it tells me? It tells me that these men, they weren't just thinking about themselves. They weren't, it wasn't just a me and God Christianity. But they were so had a, they so had a heart and a mindset for others that the moment that they noticed that there was a move of God, that there was something amazing that could happen, they thought, who can I go out and bring in? Who can I go out and get? Who can I go out to get to actually come in and experience this very thing. And can I just say, it's no surprise to me that the religious people, you know what they did? They just sat around and listened. They just listened. In other words, I'm inferring that they did not get up and go do. They did not take it out. Come on, I want to be like the two men who ran out. I believe as God has been talking to us about spiritual family, talking to us about this spiritual family, one of the things that he's wanting us to do is to go out and bring people in. This is different. This is different than, this is different than the message that you usually hear about loving other people. This is different than, than the message you usually hear about, hey, go and share the gospel with people. Tell your coworkers about Jesus. You know, uh, post things about Jesus on your Facebook. I don't know. Go pray for people. Do, do these things. It's different. I'm not talking about just going out and telling people about Jesus. I'm talking about going out, linking arms with them, and bringing them into the family. That's what God's calling you to do. That's what he's calling us to do. That like these men, they didn't just go out and pray for him. No, they brought him in. There's something that happens when God's people go out and they actually bring the lost and the hurting into the house of God and into the family of God. People need a place to belong. People need a family to be a part of. People need others to care for them. And if it's not going to be you, Christians, they'll find it somewhere else. I'll close with this story. Remember, um, in college, I went on this mission trip to Africa, and um, I think I was a junior in, in college, and we just had an, an amazing, we had an amazing trip. We got, we got there, and it's pretty cool, like, when you, when you show up in Africa, um, and it's just like it's a bunch of white people show up, like, people go crazy, you know what I mean? It's like, what is that, you know? And, like, they run over to you, and it, it, it's just like, and they know that you're Americans, and, and so they're just... Literally, the people in Africa are so happy that you're there. And, and they realize that you have a lot to offer. So everywhere that, that we went, it was just crowd. I mean, it was, it was crazy, just crowds of people following us. We didn't speak the same language, but, man, we, we found a way to communicate. I'll never forget this one night. Over the course of the couple of days we were there, me and another buddy of mine, we, we had about six to eight little boys that, that just followed us around everywhere. Like, we were running buddies, right? Like, they were, they were our crew. Everywhere, I mean, they were waiting for us when we woke up in the morning, and they followed us everywhere. I had the best time with them. I'll never forget this moment. I'll, I'll never forget this moment. It changed my life. 
one night. We spent the whole day with them one night. We're by their house, and they they grab my arm, and they, and they drag me into their home. Now, this home is not like a home that we have. It's literally four walls, no roof, big, open, sandy area, and there's a one mattress on the ground. That was home. And they, they, they pulled me in, and they ran me over to this mattress, and they laid me down on the mattress, and they began to, to fan me. They had these fans, and they began to fan me like I was royalty. They brought out a stereo system, and, and they began to play American music. Come on, they played Celine Dion. Yep. They played the Titanic track. They didn't stop there. They went on to 50 Cent, and I was jamming with them. It was awesome. They knew the words. They could sing them in English. And uh, it was like they were giving me their best. It was like they were showing off. That they, they wanted to show me all the, the, the cool things that they had. And as I'm sitting there on that mattress, tears just begin to flow down my face. I'm thinking, you, you have nothing, and you're willing to give me everything. I have so much more than they, I had so much more than they did at that moment. And yet they were willing to give me everything that they had, to let me sleep on their mattress, to let me listen to their music. You know what they did? They reached out, and they brought me in. They reached out, and they brought me into their experience. They reached out, and they brought me into their home. And they loved on me like, honestly, nobody's loved on me before. The gratitude in the respect and honor that they showed me that night. I'll never forget it. Here we are today. We have so we have a lot to give, don't we? There's a lost world. There's a dying world. There's people who don't know Jesus yet. Don't feel condemned, don't feel judged. Feel inspired. Feel encouraged. There's opportunity literally waiting around every corner to reach out and bring them in, to reach out and bring them in, to reach out and bring them in. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done, Keith. You don't know how many times I've sinned. You don't know I've only been a believer for three years. I don't know any Bible stories. I don't know anything. I don't care. There was a language barrier between me and those boys, and they pulled me in and made an impact. The two men who went out and got the paralyzed man, they, they had to carry him. They had a crowd in front of them. They had to climb up on a roof. In other words, they did it. They didn't make an excuse. And I'll just tell myself right now, and, and you, as I'm talking to myself, uncomfortability is not an excuse anymore. Feeling weird, looking weird is not an excuse anymore. It's bigger than that. As we head into next week, I want to charge you. I want to commission you. Reach out. Just give an invite. Bring them in. Meet them at the front door. Sit with them. Make them feel welcome. Show them the coffee and donuts. That alone will get them saved. I'm just saying. Donut holes in Jesus. Doesn't get any better. Add a little coffee. Boom. We're there. If you bow your head and close your eyes. 
We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you